Chapter 2. Neurology. Topic 14. Infections. This next section will serve as a review for infections of the central nervous system. The three main infections to be aware of are meningitis, inflammation of the leptomeninges, encephalitis, inflammation of the brain parenchyma, and brain abscess. These are differentiated based on their signs and symptoms due to the different brain spaces they involve. Additionally, the causative microbiologic organism often differs between the three and can be determined using a cerebrospinal fluid analysis. Starting with meningitis, this is defined as inflammation of the leptomeninges. Typical signs and symptoms are headache, fever, and neck stiffness. On physical examination, there will be a positive Koenig and Brudzinski sign. Koenig sign is a test performed to evaluate the presence of meningeal irritation. To assess Koenig sign, the patient lies on their back with the hip and knee flexed at 90 degrees. You then attempt to extend the patient's leg at the knee. If the patient experiences resistance or pain when attempting to extend the knee, it is considered a positive Koenig sign. Brzezinski sign is another physical examination maneuver used to assess meningeal irritation. To check for Brzezinski sign, the patient lies on their back and you gently flex the patient's neck forward. If the patient involuntarily flexes their hips and knees in response to neck flexion, it is considered a positive Brudzinski sign. The causative organism or meningitis differs according to age of patient and risk factors. However, most common cause in adults is streptococcus pneumonia. Diagnosis is made with a lumbar puncture. Management is with ceftriaxone, vancomycin, and steroids which are started empirically until the lumbar puncture results come back. Steroids should be discontinued if streptococcus pneumonia is not the cause. Ampicillin is added for suspected listeria in elderly patients, those greater than 50 years old, neonates pregnant and immunocompromised. Moving on to encephalitis, the signs and symptoms are similar to meningitis with the addition of confusion, focal neurological deficits, and personality changes. It is most commonly due to herpes simplex virus. Initial diagnostic testing is with a CT brain due to their symptoms. This is followed by testing for viral PCR. Treatment is with intravenous acyclovir. As an aside, a CT scan of the brain should be done before lumbar puncture when there is the following. Confusion, focal neurological deficits, seizures, or papilledema. The third major central nervous system infection is a brain abscess. It presents with fever and a progressively worsening headache. There will also be the presence of risk factors such as recent neurosurgery, otitis media, sinusitis, or endocarditis. It is commonly a polymicrobial infection with gram-negatives and anaerobes. Diagnosis is made with a stereotactic brain biopsy and aspiration. However, if the patient is HIV positive, they can be treated empirically for toxoplasma, and if the brain abscess resolves, then a retrospective diagnosis can be made. Antimicrobial agents for a non-HIV brain abscess are metronidazole plus a third-generation cephalosporin. For HIV-positive patients, treatment is with pyrimethamine and sulfadiazine. If the abscess does not get smaller after re-imaging in 5 to 7 days, then it must be biopsied to exclude CNS lymphoma. Before moving on to other less common causes of central nervous system infections, we will discuss a few additional notes regarding meningitis and CSF analysis. As previously discussed, the common microbiologic agents for meningitis are based on age and risk factors from 0 to 3 months. Group B strep, E. coli, or listeria, from 3 months to 18 years old, Neisseria, streptococcus pneumonia, or Haemophilus influenzae, from 18 to 50 years old, streptococcus pneumonia, Neisseria, H. influenza, greater than 50 years old, 
It is the same organisms from 18 to 50 years old with the addition of listeria. If presented with a recent immigrant, consider tuberculous meningitis. If presented with HIV patient with a low CD4 count, it is most likely cryptococcus. Some final notes regarding meningitis and encephalitis. Number 1. Steroids are shown to decrease mortality in streptococcus pneumonia meningitis as they decrease inflammation, brain edema, and subsequent herniation caused by the robust immune response. Number 2. Complications of meningitis include hydrocephalus, cranial nerve 8 palsy, and herniation. Number 3. Less common causes of viral encephalitis include arbovirus, VZV, West Nile, measles, coxsackie, and mumps. We will now review CSF analysis for bacterial, viral, and TB causes of meningitis. Bacterial causes of meningitis will have increased PMNs, decreased glucose, increased protein, and increased opening pressure. Viral causes of meningitis will have increased lymphocytes, normal glucose, normal protein, and normal opening pressure. Tuberculous meningitis will have increased lymphocytes, decreased glucose, increased protein, and increased opening pressure. We will conclude this section with an overview of several other less common causes of central nervous system infections. Starting off with leprosy, this is caused by Mycobacterium leprae. Risk factors include a recent immigrant from Africa, South America, or Asia. In the United States, armadillo exposure is a common risk factor. It is transmitted via respiratory droplets. Signs and symptoms include loss of sensation in the extremities due to invasion of the peripheral nerves, as the organism prefers cooler environments, leonine facies, and hairless skin. These symptoms occur secondary to the robust immune response against the organism. Diagnosis is clinical and with biopsy, which will demonstrate acid fast bacillus. Management is with dapsone and rifampin, with clofazamine used in more extensive lepromatous forms. Next is botulism, caused by Clostridium botulinum. Risk factors include unpasteurized honey in newborns, canned foods, which creates an environment that is ideal for spore germination, aged seafood, and wound contamination. All the risk factors are associated with the ingestion of preformed toxin. Initial symptoms are GI-related. However, patients will eventually develop dilated pupils and other cranial neuropathies. There will also be a symmetrical and descending flaccid paralysis. Repetitive nerve stimulation will show incremental increase in muscle contraction on EMG. The pathophysiology of botulism is due to the inability to release acetylcholine from the presynaptic terminal. Diagnosis is with serology or stool looking for the presence of the neurotoxin. Management is with supportive care and horse-derived antitoxin. If there is a wound infection, ensure to clean the wound and administer penicillin. Lyme disease is another cause of central nervous system infection. Risk factors are camping and being outdoors in the Northeast USA. Other locations include the Midwest and West Coast. It is transmitted by the Ixodes tick. This is the same tick that also transmits babesiosis. There are a wide variety of symptoms depending on the organ system involved. Neurologic findings include cranial nerve neuropathies. This commonly occurs bilaterally involving cranial nerve 7, aseptic meningitis, encephalitis, radiculopathy, and transverse myelitis. Dermatologic findings are a targetoid rash with an area of central clearing, referred to as a bullseye or erythema migrans. Rheumatologic findings are a chronic migrating polyarthritis. Cardiac manifestations include AV block, myocarditis, arrhythmias, and pericarditis. The diagnosis is clinical if the classic targetoid rash with central clearing is identified. Otherwise, testing of serology, ELISA, western blot, PCR, or lumbar puncture would be indicated. 
Treatment of early-stage Lyme disease is with doxycycline. Amoxicillin is an alternative for children less than 8 years old or pregnant women. IV ceftriaxone is reserved for patients with cardiac and neurological manifestations which are seen in late-stage disease. Our next infection we will review is neurosyphilis caused by Treponema pallidum. This is a sexually transmitted infection and therefore the main risk factor is unprotected sex. There are three stages of the disease with primary syphilis presenting with a painless genital ulcer and adenopathy. Secondary syphilis will result in a rash involving the palms and soles and alopecia areata. Tertiary syphilis results in neurosyphilis, Tabes dorsalis, meningitis, vasculitis, and argyle robertson pupils. There will also be cardiac manifestations part of tertiary syphilis, presenting with aortic regurgitation and thoracic aortic aneurysms. Diagnostic testing is with VDRL or RPR, which are the initial tests, however. These may be negative in early primary syphilis. Diagnosis confirmed with a fluorescent treponymal antibody absorption. Management is with the administration of intramuscular penicillin for primary and secondary syphilis. Oral doxycycline is given to penicillin-allergic patients. IV penicillin is required for tertiary syphilis. Desensitization for penicillin-allergic patients is necessary for tertiary syphilis and pregnant women as there is no alternative. Of note, patients being treated for syphilis may develop a Yarish-Herxheimer reaction. This presents with fevers, chills, joint pain due to the release of inflammatory and antigenic components caused by the death of syphilis during treatment. Next, we will discuss rabies caused by rhabdovirus. The main risk factor is an animal bite, typically dogs, which is most common in developing countries. Other animals carrying rabies are raccoons and bats. The symptoms are nonspecific and include fever, chills, malaise, and headache. After a long incubation period, patients will present with hydrophobia, laryngospasm, encephalitis, hyperactivity, coma, and death. Diagnosis is made with PCR from saliva or antibodies in the blood. An autopsy will demonstrate negri bodies. Management is based on whether post-exposure prophylaxis is necessary. Post-exposure prophylaxis should only be initiated if the patient is bitten by a high-risk wild animal or pet that is unavailable for quarantine. If the pet or animal is available for quarantine, they can be observed for 10 days for signs of rabies, and post-exposure prophylaxis can be administered if they develop signs of rabies. If not, post-exposure prophylaxis is not indicated. The administration of post-exposure prophylaxis starts by thoroughly cleaning the wound, followed by four doses of the rabies vaccine at days 0, 3, 7, and 14, along with the human rabies immunoglobulin. The next infection is neurocystisarcosis, caused by tinea solium. Risk factors are ingestion of undercooked pork, contaminated water, pig farming, and immigrants from Mexico or South America. Signs and symptoms are a chronic headache, vomiting, papilledema, and seizures. Neuroimaging with MRI will demonstrate enhancing and non-enhancing calcified lesions in the brain with edema, a Swiss cheese appearance, and hydrocephalus. Treatment is with albendazole plus or minus steroids. Antiepileptics are started in cases of recurrent seizures. Epidural abscess is another infectious cause in the central nervous system, most commonly due to Staphylococcus aureus. Risk factors are IV drug abuse, hematogenous spread of infection, recent neurosurgery, such as from laminectomy, or interventions such as from lumbar puncture or epidural anesthesia, and direct spread from adjacent vertebral osteomyelitis. Signs and symptoms are back pain, with point tenderness to palpation and fever. There will also be acute neurological deficits, presenting as motor and sensory deficits and bladder and bowel dysfunction. 
Treatment is with abscess drainage and surgical decompression to prevent complications of cord compression or cauda equina syndrome. Treatment is with anti-staphylococcus antibiotics, such as oxacillin, dicloxacillin, or nafcillin. For methicillin-resistant staphylococcus aureus coverage, vancomycin or linezolid can be administered. Steroids are given if there are acute neurological deficits to decrease cord edema. The final central nervous system infection we will review is prion disease. Risk factors are cannibalism, seen in the Kuru people, family history and familial forms, ingestion of beef, seen in mad cow disease. Most cases are sporadic. There are some hereditary or iatrogenic causes, those from contaminated transplant and surgical instruments. Typical signs and symptoms are a rapidly progressive dementia, personality changes, and startle myoclonus. There may also be extrapyramidal symptoms, such as dystonia, rigidity, chorea, or athetosis. The pathophysiology of prion disease is due to a misfolded protein which induces misfolding of other proteins into beta-pleated sheets. There are multiple supportive diagnostic measures. On CSF analysis, there will be elevated 1433 protein. An EEG will demonstrate biphasic and triphasic spike wave complexes. MRI will show a cortical ribbon sign. This sign is also seen in anoxic injury. However, imaging is mostly normal. Genetic testing will be positive for the prion protein gene, PRNP. Biopsy will demonstrate a spongiform encephalopathy. To conclude, there are many other central nervous system infections which originate extracranially, such as infections involving the danger triangle of the face, which have the potential to spread into the cavernous sinus resulting in cranial nerve 3, 4, V1, V2, and 6 palsies. This may eventually spread into the brain.